What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Also, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, before I go into anything related to the New York Giants, I do want to shout out our new 20-something subscribers. Some of you who follow the YouTube page know... I was very angry about what the Yankees did with Oswald Peraza and not putting him in the lineup. Made a rant video, and to this point, it's gotten over 850 views, which is our highest viewed video as of right now, and our most liked video, because right now it's at 61 likes. Um, If that gets to 1K, I will be thrilled, but we'll see how far the algorithm takes and stuff like that. Nonetheless... 20-some-odd new subscribers, welcome uh, to the channel. You get the truth here. You get the facts here. Yankees, Giants. We have Boys and Big Apple Podcast, which is basically MLB, NBA, college football, and NFL. Uh, that's on Mondays at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's going to be a lot more shit uh, to talk about with the, the NFL coming up this uh, this next week. College football coming off of that. Uh, you know, it's today. So a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff for you guys. I, I can't wait to talk to you guys as you know your new subscribers. So hit that like button, do all the good stuff, share this out to your friends. Uh, once again, I appreciate it. So we have a lot of talk to talk about here on the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Um, we're talking about Giants waiver claims. The Giants recently also cut Blake Martinez. Uh, the decision to cut Quincy Roche. The signing of Tony Jefferson. Uh, injured reserve moves, cuts in practice squad signees. So uh, we're going to talk about that one by one, and let's go right into it. So the Giants' waiver claims, that was really the first thing that uh, capped off the day on Wednesday. Not really too many cuts. I mean, they had some roster maneuvering, but I'm pretty sure all the guys they cut were signed. Uh, Back to the active roster, your Austin Calitros, Max Garcia was re-signed to the practice squad. Um... Tanner Hudson was re-signed, so it wasn't really a big deal. They did have to make some room, and they made some room by putting guys on IR. Let's talk about the waiver claim. So I'm going to start with a guy that is from Notre Dame, and I'm going to be rooting on Notre Dame tonight. They're my college football team, and um, this guy's Nick McLeod. Bills, Bengals at the NFL level started. uh, No games last year for the Bengals. Two games. Um, played 12% of the defensive snaps, 21% on special teams. Uh, I'm taking this from an article, so whichever article that is, I forget at the moment. Uh, Shout-outs to whoever wrote it and that stuff. So with one year of NFL experience, McLeod appeared in all three preseason games this past preseason, uh, playing 108 total snaps, collecting five tackles, giving up 27 yards on five receptions, including a touchdown. McLeod is a solid tackling defensive back and plays the run well, but has struggled a lot in coverage. In fact, he's pl- he's primarily played cornerback this preseason, spending 53 snaps to position, 12 in the slot, 22 at free safety, and 21 in the box. Uh, primarily an outside cornerback besides the safety position. So, you know, take what you want there. And that's good depth, honestly, because the Giants right now, they have a lot of slot corners. 
Darnay Holmes is not an outside guy. Cordell Flott is not an outside guy. Darnay Holmes isn't an outside guy. Hell, Aaron Robinson, they're trying to make him work at this moment. Um, and then Radarius Williams, we'll talk about him in a little bit. He went on the IR. So they didn't really have anybody. You know, we're going to talk about some other guys that they brought in, but they're not really outside corners like McLeod is. So uh, those are the stats on McLeod. I do want to gather something as well from one of the guys at Cover One. He was texting with a content creator on Twitter, and this is what he got uh, for, uh, about McLeod. McLeod is interesting, was in real competition to be a depth piece, but just lost out. Got snatched by Cincinnati last year when the Bills cut him, and then the Bills grabbed them back the first chance they got during the year. He's fast and athletic and competes, saw a bunch of safety work this offseason with the twos. So he can work safety outside corner and some slot in a pinch, solid bottom end depth guy that has some potential for more can play press and off both man and zone no real strong suit but nothing he's overly weak in uh so that is nick mcleod he i think went to cincinnati before dame i might be wrong because i might be confusing that with his nfl team so he went to nc state then he went to notre dame for the covid season so there's some fun facts right there uh, about Nick McLeod, the newest New York Giants corner slash safety. The next guy is also a former Buffalo Bill. His name is Jack Anderson. Uh, he played a little with the Eagles in the preseason. Didn't really do that good. That's why he was cut. Uh, he's played some center, some left guard, and the right guard position. So he's as interior offensive line as you get. Uh, last year, he was a seventh-round selection. For the Buffalo Bills out of Texas Tech, they caught him and the Eagles picked him up on September 21st. And he made it to the active roster a few times, played in two games. Uh, not much to take from that, but he allowed seven pressures, three quarterback hits, and zero sacks while playing for the Eagles this preseason, which isn't really good. Yes, you know, no stat sheet, nothing like that in terms of sacks, but pressures and quarterback hits, um, not very good. And he also played 81 snaps uh, the last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, giving up one pressure in two games. So he has a ton of work to do. Seventh-round pick. Uh, Bills connection, Eagles connection. You guys know that Brandon Brown is an Eagles guy. So this really shouldn't come as a surprise. Collaborating work between Joe Shane and Bri uh, not Brian Dable, but uh, Brandon Brown. And here's what uh, the same guy said about uh, Jack Anderson. Anderson is met. Cup of coffee with the Bills, then signed off the practice squad by Philly. Physical, but lack technique and athleticism. He is a dirtbag. He is a mauler. Uh, the type of guy that Bobby Johnson likes. So he's going to be a developmental piece for the New York Giants. Um, we obviously know they claimed a couple of other offensive linemen we'll talk about throughout the course of this podcast. Um, the next guy is Justin Lane from the Steelers. He was selected in the third round of the 2019 draft. Didn't see any defensive playing time, mainly special teams as a gunner. In 2020, he got some more playing time, 11% of the defensive snaps. Then last year, 2% of the defensive snaps. So not a ton of experience when you're talking about Justin Lane. Uh, 16 tackles last year, the year before that, 22. No tackles for loss, nothing like that. Just a fumble recovery last year uh, in coverage. Let's talk about him in coverage. I think he could play both the slot and the outside, but I know, at least from my Steeler friends, he was competing in the slot a little bit. So 
I'm either confusing him with James Pierre or I'm just solely talking about him. But anyway, he's cut. He's now in the Giants. Uh, last year, in his limited experience, gave up three completions on four targets, 17 yards. So not a ton of yardage there, which is actually good. 75% completion to go along with a passer rating of 82.3. Uh, and then the year before that, 2020, where he saw most of his playing time, uh, he allowed 10 completions on 12 targets for a completion percentage 83.3, 127 yards, a touchdown, and 138.5 passer rating, which really isn't good. So, uh, you know, just a fringe guy, a backup guy. The Giants needed some veteran depth, and I would take Justin Lane and... Nick McLeod over guys like Zion Gilbert and Khalil Dorsey, Darren Evans, Elijah Griffin. I would take these guys because they've worked with competent franchises uh, in terms of defenses like McLeod worked with the Bills and, uh, you know, Justin Lane worked with the Steelers. So I would take that. I would take that, and I think they've done or at least did a pretty good job at the waiver wire getting some of these guys. Now, one of my favorites that I will put on here, and a lot of Jeff fans are still unhappy about this, Jason Pinnock. He was a corner at Pittsburgh. Last year they picked him up, I think it was in the sixth round. Um, saw more playing time towards the end of the season. Played in 12 games, started two. 16 tackles, two forced fumbles, a pass deflection. Um... And that's pretty much the stat line for him. In terms of coverage, uh, he was decent. You know, his passer rating is a little high because of the touchdown. But he allowed seven completions on nine targets. Uh, 78 yards, one touchdown, 139.8 passer rating. And that's pretty much that. Was sent on one blitz. Didn't pressure the quarterback or anything like that. And, you know, shout out to Bobby Skinner. He did a good film breakdown. Jason Pinnock, for a guy that really doesn't know the safety position all that well he's doing he did good with the Jets last year um you know didn't really make any bad plays but also at the same time he's not gonna wow you um this is a sixth seventh round pick we're talking about so you know we really need guys at the back end of the roster to Tony Jefferson signing helps he'll probably be on the active roster at some point but uh, the waiver claim of Jason Pinnock was very smart for the New York Giants. Getting a corner, and I think he played outside at Pittsburgh, even though it's been two years removed from his college play. Uh, and then, you know, obviously he's a safety, so versatile. That's what you need in a wink defense, and he played 24% of the defensive snaps last year. Now we go to one more guy before we go on to another subject, and that's Tyree Phillips from the Ravens. And I was questioning whether the New York Giants would actually get him. And guess what? They got him. Um, it's at the expense of somebody else that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, Giants claimed Tyree Phillips from the Ravens. I'm going to look up his stat line as we speak. Uh, he actually, if I'm not mistaken, Tyree Phillips. Tyree Phillips, if this would load, which it will. Um, third round pick out of 2020, and guess what? Ben Bredesen, I believe, was a fourth round pick 2020 for the Ravens, so it's weird that they're both on the roster right now, I must say, but in his career for the Ravens, uh, he's had some injury issues, but started total of five games last year, played in 10, then, uh, in 2020, 
eight games started, 12 games played, one fumble recovery for 13 yards. There was that one play where I think Jackson fumbled or something happened in the backfield and Tyree just took the ball and fucking ran right up the middle. And he was holding both shoulders, just mowing through people. So uh, that's remarkable to some. He played 54% of the defensive snaps in two uh, defensive snaps. We're talking a lot of defense, but 54% of the offensive snaps in 2020. In 2021, 51%. Uh, and he played a little bit of right tackle last year, right guard the year before. So he is somewhat versatile if you want to talk about that. Um, 6'5", 345, 25 years old. Uh, in 2020, he allowed six sacks in eight games started, 16 pressures in a quarterback hit allowed. So a lot more sacks than pressures when you're really uh, knowing the game, I should say, because 16 pressures isn't a lot. For that span it is, and six sacks for that span it is. So he was going through some rookie struggles, obviously, and only one quarterback hit allowed, but the sacks obviously piled up. Then in 2021, five games started, one sack, 17 pressures, and three quarterback hits allowed. So um, my opinion on this guy, I want to say he was supposed to be the starting center, but he got injured. Um, He's probably going to be more of an interior guy. I think they're going to look for him to be a little bit more than that swing tackle-ish because Devery Hamilton right now is going to be the left guard in week one as far as I'm concerned and Josh Azudu is still coming back from injury so they didn't really get a depth guy in terms of offensive tackle and you know they're trying to do this with Tyree Phillips and to be fair who's out there that's a good swing tackle I mean besides Daryl Daryl Williams I can't think of many names so anyway um, I'm gonna take a sip real quickly and then we're going to move forward with the next subject, which is quite controversial among Giant fans. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and grab a sip here. Maybe you guys can too. Let's talk about one of the elephants in the room, if not the elephant in the room. Elephant in the room is Blake Martinez being cut. <sighs> Interesting subject. Interesting subject, to say the least. Um... Man, I don't even know where to start with this thing. And I did an instant reaction video when he was cut. Um, and it it still doesn't make a ton of sense. And listen, on here, we're going to give you the truth. We're not giving you the honeymoon bullshit, okay? When Gettleman made bad moves, I critiqued it. When Joe Shane made bad moves, I critiqued it. And it just seems that there's going to be a lot of struggling I guess in terms of the play on the field and some growing pains with the front office too because Joe Shane's new at this um this bad foresight by Joe Shane because Blake Martinez could have been cut for I think two point some odd million dollars in March and people will say well you know uh why would you cut him in March this 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 and this because even though there's $3 million, I think, that would be attributed in terms of dead cap money, you take the $2 million and run with it. Um, maybe use that to accumulate a new free agent or an extra linebacker, offensive lineman, or you go out and use that as a draft pick. You know, $2 million in terms of contracts, of course. So... That didn't make any sense. People are throwing out this idea. And I'm not saying it's 
you know, a conspiracy theory that Blake Martinez didn't fit the scheme. I'm not saying that. But if he doesn't, he didn't fit the scheme and he didn't fit what Martindale wanted to do on defense, um, why did you bring him in? Why did you not just cut him from the start? And I'm pretty sure before they even restructured his contract, he could have been cut and the Giants would have saved a lot more money than they would have if they restructured. So I'm pretty sure the restructuring even was just not a great thing, knowing they cut him now. So that's the financial standpoint. You didn't get any high-priority linebackers within the first three, four, five rounds of the draft. Now, Michael McFadden, I believe he was a fifth-round pick out of Indiana. I get it. Uh, Darian Beavers, sixth-round pick out of Cincinnati. It would have made more sense if... Darian Beavers had not torn his ACL because of MetLife Turf. And I'm of belief that MetLife Turf played into it, but it's not the entire reason. I feel like the training staff and maybe some dietary stuff plays into it. I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm just presenting my reasons. Uh, but it would have made a lot more sense if he didn't tear his ACL. Because you would be, okay, it's better than Micah McFadden, and you know he's going to patch up with Tay Crowder or whatever. Um I don't know, man. Just bad foresight. And now you have Tay Crowder, who's not a good solo linebacker. Like, if he's the linebacker one, he's not good, okay? He's average at best. I'm going a little far with that. But in extended playing time, when he had Reggie Ragland and uh, Jalen Smith, and Bernardrick McKinney, when he had those guys alongside him, he didn't play well. Like, Jalen Smith, obviously, he's been a, a past-his-prime linebacker. I don't really know why they wouldn't bring him back. Like, I thought he could have came back and played well for this scheme and just been a seasoned veteran. And it makes more sense now, but they don't have any money to spend. So... It's going to be tough the first few weeks. And I'm not saying that, oh, Blake Martinez is going to be here beyond this year. That's not true. Blake Martinez was never going to be here beyond this year. But you need competent linebacking veteran stuff among that core. Austin Calitro, yes, he played like 16 games with the Seahawks four years ago. And he played a little bit with the Bengals and a couple other teams. But that's not season veteranship. That's not. Micah McFadden, he's a rookie. And then you have Carter Coughlin, who they were trying to convert to inside linebacker. He got hurt, so you really couldn't make the conversion there and then take Crowder. So if I'm going to forecast anything, and this is something I don't want to be right on, the run defense is going to struggle within the first few weeks. Whether you want to take Derrick Henry as a joke and the Tennessee offense as a joke, whether you want to talk about um, you know, McCaffrey is a joke, whether you want to talk about Elliott or Pollard is a joke, after that, what's week four? Uh, David Montgomery, and then after that, we face uh, the Packers, so that's Aaron Jones, even though they're not going to run it a shit ton, maybe they will, maybe they won't, um, and then week six is the Ravens, so there's going to be a lot of struggling linebacker play. That's pretty much what I have to say on the Blake subject. It's just bad foresight by the New York Giants. And what I will top that off with with saying is the Quincy Roche thing. I originally said the only way the Giants are covering, covering their ass in terms of this Roche cut is the fact that they have a solid inside linebacking core. 
Now that statement looks a little shaky because they cut Blake Martinez. And why does the Roche thing have to deal with the inside linebacker position? Because Roche, first of all, is better than O'Shane Zimenez. He's better than Timon Fox. And, you know, Timon Fox gets the coupon of he's a rookie. O'Shane Zimenez every year puts up a solid preseason, puts up a solid camp. And then he comes in the regular season and shits the fucking bed. That's what he is. That's what he does. First year, he had two sacks uh, in the preseason. I think it was actually three because he had two against the Bengals and one against the Bears. Then you look at the second preseason. It wasn't really 2020, but 2021-ish. You take a look at that. Uh, He had a sack against the Browns, but that's pretty much it. Uh, He played for most of that game, and guess what? The fucking Browns ran all over us. You know, every time they didn't have a hole up the middle, guess what? They bounced it to the outside. So there's that. And then this preseason, I think he had a few quarterback hits, no sacks for the defensive line at all, which is a little concerning. But he had no sacks, like three quarterback hits, something like that. I mean, I just don't know what they are looking at in terms of that. Like the Ryan Connolly thing, you could make an excuse and say, well, you know, he's coming off a torn ACL. Alonzo Russell, well, I mean, he's not really a full-time wide receiver. He's not even been a backup wide receiver for any roster. But this is probably the most questionable. And I will continue to question this regime based on things they do. And guess what? It is their uh, initiative to prove me wrong, right? And O'Shane Zimenez cannot set the edge. You're relying also on stats from three years ago. The last time he touched a quarterback officially for a sack, that was 2019. Four and a half sacks. How many pressures? I think it was 12 pressures that he put up. And then maybe like four or five the last two years. So I'm just real pissed with that. And sure, O'Shane Zimenez may fit the scheme better. But I would have just been better if Quincy Roche and O'Shane Zimenez didn't make the roster at all. We wouldn't even have this conversation. But at the same time, we would. It just doesn't make any sense, man. It just really doesn't make any sense. It has me a little worried. And listen, at least Quincy Roche stayed on the practice squad, but he could have been surfing for other teams. Alex Bachman is currently doing that. He didn't resign to the Giants practice squad. He wants to find other teams to play for, and that's his job. That's what he wants to do. Quincy Roche could have done that. Hopefully at some point, Hopefully at some point, and I know fans are wrong on certain things, like people thought Isaiah Wilson was going to be good, whether they were joking or not, they thought Mike Lennon was going to be at least halfway decent. I know they're wrong on certain things like that, but I don't think they would be wrong in the Roche thing, because Roche, last year, he played pretty damn well, and he played better in the first half of the season than Lorenzo Carter, and Lorenzo Carter only just went in you know ballistic in the second half because of a contract year and guess what he got it with the Falcons good for him and then he was pretty much better than O'Shane Zimenez uh Quincy Roche he forced a fumble on Derek Carr to end the game against the Raiders what did O'Shane Zimenez do he actually continued a game because he stepped off sides and then Darnay Holmes at the interception but no offsides defense number 53 so 
I get it. Listen, he's on the last year of his contract. He's probably not going to be re-signed, but there is no reason at all he should be on this roster over Quincy Roche, a guy that's better in terms of pass rush, a guy that can set the edge, and I haven't even spoken on the most important part of this whole conversation, which is that maybe, and I mean maybe, Aziz and Tibbs are out week one. So if they're both out, what's your edge presence? Your inside linebacking core, what if Micah McFadden makes a few mistakes? What if Tay Crowder makes a few mistakes? I mean, him against Derrick Henry, I'm a little scared of. But that's going to be, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, we can only talk about so much. We can only say so much. Um, And I'm a little surprised that they didn't go out and trade Darius Slayton. Going back to the Martinez thing, I'm surprised they didn't go out and trade Slayton. I mean, you know, there were rumors and all this shit. I mean, they did say, okay, he's going to be on the 53 for week one. But that cleared around $2 million. And the Giants could have done something with that. I think right now they're under the cap $4 million. $2 million would have done something, $2.5 million. So you trade him for at least a piece and then get somebody on the waiver wire. Nobody talks about that as much if you keep Blake Martinez. So... It is what it is, man. It is what it is. We got to move on. And yeah, so we are right now in a total of 24 minutes into this thing, which is actually pretty good. Uh, I am hoping, as of this moment, I am hoping for Tuesday's podcast to be with Paul Dettino. It's not going to be live. It's going to be recorded. Basically, I'm going to ask him some roster questions. And I think at that point, honestly, the unofficial depth chart should come out. We'll see. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Tony Jefferson a little bit. He's played a lot of years at the NFL level, made his debut in 2013 with the Cardinals, spent time with them till 2017, uh, went to Baltimore, and then 2020, he didn't play for them. I think he was cut in 2019 or just not re-signed. Then he played a little bit with San Francisco and then came back to play with Baltimore. So, you know, there's that. Last season for Baltimore and San Francisco, and San Francisco, he actually recorded a sack. Uh, I believe that was actually with the Ravens. 18 tackles, a uh, total of one tackle for a loss and a quarterback hit. So that's that. In terms of coverage, uh, he gave up six receptions for uh, six receptions, ten targets for a total of 52 yards, which isn't bad. A 73.7 passer rating, not bad either. Um, the year before, he also he also had a, a pressure on the season. No statistical stuff with the 49ers except for a tackle. And then 2019, before, you know, 2020, uh, allowed eight completions, 14 targets, 57.1 completion percentage, 247 yards, a passer rating of 141.4, which isn't good, a total of 21 tackles and one pressure. So... Um, he's going to be an interesting ad for the New York Giants. He's going to be a veteran ad, which makes a lot of things better in terms of the secondary, in terms of the safety position. And we'll see, obviously, how far the cornerback additions go. Uh, with San Francisco, he played 2% of his snaps last year in two games, and then also 33% of the snaps in four games with the Baltimore Ravens the year before uh, he wasn't playing, which was 2020, and then 2019. 94%, 96%. So he played a lot of snaps with the Ravens over the course of his 
prime, if you will. So he's going to be an interesting ad. He's going to be an interesting ad uh, in the box, deep. We'll see what he does, man. We'll see what he does. Uh, let's talk about some IR moves. I'm going to take a sip and we'll get right into that. So some IR moves. The New York Giants moved these three players to injured reserve for the first four games of the season. That's Shane Lemieux, Ellerson Smith, and Radarius Williams. Uh, Shane Lemieux, this is becoming a habit. I don't want to say that too much, but, you know, he was injury-free his rookie year, and then last year he gets stuck with an injury in the preseason, and then he comes out, patella tendon injury, boom, and re-aggravates all that shit. He's done for the year. Um, he's going to be out for the first four weeks, so that will give Devery Hamilton, Josh Zudu, whoever's going to play left guard some time to get in there and thrift. Um, you know, I expected a little more out of him this year, but, you know, honestly, we'll see. I think they're going to be looking for a left guard in the future. Maybe that actually is Josh Zudu or Zudu's backup tackle, backup guard. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Lemieux seemed to have improved a little bit in his pass protection. He's still got the grit in him, as Pat Shermer used to say. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the timeline is for Shane Lemieux. And I'm a little shocked, though, because they did this. They, you know, even with all the guys, they knew they were going to be out, uh, you know, the first four weeks of the season. Why didn't they put them on IR, excuse me, PUP originally? Because... They did that with Pear. They did that with Nick Gates, and they're already proclaimed to be out for the first four games. So you could have opened a couple of roster spots with that, um, you know, by putting them on PUP before the Jets game. So, I mean, you have to put people on IR either way. So, anyway, uh, Ellerson Smith, not too impressive. I mean, camp, everybody was hyping the shit out of him. I didn't really get the hype. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I actually said I believed in the Ellerson Smith hype, but I just don't know where it come from. Comes from, excuse me. Um, I feel like there's this thing with giant fans and second-year rotational edge rushers that they get hype from. Uh, Lorenzo Carter was one. O'Shane Zimenez was one, and Ellerson Smith falls into the same category. So it's the second year he's missing the first few games of the year. I forget what injury he has. Wasn't overly impressive in the uh, Patriots game. Impressed to start camp, but obviously you're facing ones and twos. And was blown off of a running play at FanFest by Vanille. So, take that as you will. But, we'll see what happens. I mean, I feel like they're going to be looking once again. And I know this is really more of a negative podcast kind of thing. I mean, kind of, kind of not. But I feel like they're going to be looking for another backup edge rusher in the next few years. Maybe it's just a reserve piece or they draft somebody in the seventh round. Um, but I don't think Ellerson Smith is going to stay here long. I think the injury hurt him in his chances. Uh, he's one of those lankier guys. Well, he's more built than O'Shane Zimenez, but he's still a lanky guy on that defensive line. Then Radarius Williams... Uh, they kept him originally, and then they put him on the IR. I don't really know why they didn't put him on PUP. 
originally because he didn't play all throughout training camp. He didn't play all throughout the preseason games. He must have done something in the rehab where he, I don't want to say re-aggravated the ACL because that would be wrong, but did something where it kind of uh, stunted his rehab. So that's like one of the things I think I'm going to ask Paul Tatino is like why they didn't do this earlier. You know, you could have opened a roster spot for somebody else to come in at cornerback and compete. Maybe that guy would have made the roster, but we'll see, man. I just, I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused by it, but we'll see. So here were the cuts that were not re-signed to the practice squad. Uh, Sandra Platzgummer was a bit of a silent cut. Uh, because it originally said he made the 53, and then it said he didn't make the 53. Alex Bachman, a lot of people were just raging about this. I don't know why. Alex Bachman has not made several NFL rosters over the years. Didn't make the Rams in 2019. Didn't make the Giants in 20. Didn't make the Giants in 21. He's a preseason guy. He's a preseason body. Not much more than that. David Sills would have the same fate if it wasn't for him and Daniel Jones having that connection. So, I just don't know where the outrage comes from. Oh, keep Bachman. Why? Keep him over Darius Slayton? Over a guy that's actually established to some extent? Uh, Keelan Doss, I mean, he didn't really show much in the preseason. Uh, Jalen Moore was a guy we picked off the Ravens and really didn't do much. Travis Tavoynan made that... Awesome back shoulder catch. Uh, he bobbled it a little bit, but, I mean, that's that's it for Tavoyden. Garrett McGinn, he played in the first preseason game. That was it uh, after that because he got injured. That's when the pile of injuries started going down. Josh Revis, I mean, he played in all preseason games to my knowledge. And, you know, he's he's just a camp body, uh, undrafted free agent camp body. Didn't really show too many things. Uh, Eric Smith. Trash offensive tackle. I'm going to say it right now. I mean, I didn't like them bringing him back in. I know he's a depth piece, but he was never really going to make the roster. Jamil Douglas, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't make the roster because they seem to be high on him. And, you know, to be fair, he wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing well. They got better guys uh, in the market of the waiver wire, like Tyree Phillips and Jack Anderson. Anderson has somewhat of a ceiling, and... Tyree Phillips, he's better than Jameel Douglas. I mean, he's made some quality starts over the last two years. While you really cannot say the same thing for Jameel Douglas, he's been bouncing from practice squad to practice squad to practice squad to active roster. Uh, Roy and Batika, I'm kind of surprised they didn't keep him on the practice squad just as a developmental piece, but I guess he'll be searching for another team. Maybe he goes back to you know Nigeria or does something else in terms of the NFL. Best wishes to him. Uh, Jalen Holmes, I'm actually, once again, kind of surprised they cut him because uh, he was playing with the ones and twos in terms of D-line. Dexter Lawrence, when he wasn't playing, he was in. And then when Leonard Williams had the injury a little bit, Jalen Holmes was in. So, I mean, I mean you know, I'm kind of shocked, kind of shocked. I thought he played a little decent in the preseason, but then was taken out the last game due to a concussion. David Moa, no surprise. I mean, he was pretty much a fan favorite last year when he forced those two fumbles, and I think he also got like half a sack. So, you know, uh, David Moa's a camp body. Darren Evans, 
not really much progression for him throughout camp. And he actually was signed to the practice squad. Then they cut him. Khalil Dorsey really fucked himself over in that last game where the pass interference at the end and then giving up the end zone touchdown to Calvin Jackson. Yusuf Corker is a guy that really never stood out in camp, got one interception, and that was it. And obviously they like Trenton Thompson more. And I couldn't agree with them more, to be honest with you, because Trenton Thompson has covered skills. Yusuf Corker really doesn't. And he didn't really showcase a lot of stuff in the preseason or camp. Nate Metters played, you know, safety. He was actually decent. Could have made the roster, but I would have rather Jason Pinnock and then a guy like Tony Jefferson on the practice squad. Metters actually made the practice squad, then got cut. So, you know, um, Shouts to Metters. Hopefully, he finds a home. Elijah Griffin, I mean, he was brought in uh, before the Bengals game. Wasn't good at all. Was probably the worst preseason corner I've ever seen. Compare him to the guys and the likes of Henry Tolliver, Ronald Zaymort. Uh, what's the other guy? Fuck, he played for the Jets. Uh, Terrell Sinkfield. So, there was a ton of bad corners we've had in the past. Elijah Griffin kind of adds to that. And then Ryan Santoso, I mean... Graham Gano's be back for week one, so, you know, that's that's not a surprise by any stretch of imagination. And then finally, before we uh, head out, the practice squad. Yes, the practice squad. Um, we got Austin Allen, who caught the only touchdown pass in the third preseason game. I was there, by the way. Ryder Anderson, who made some plays during the preseason and was an undrafted free agent out of Indiana and Ole Miss. Uh, C.J. Board, I don't know why he's on the practice squad. He's not good. He's a decent receiver, you know, a five, six, seven guy, and then he fumbled a kick return, so I don't know why he's on the practice squad. Deshaun Corbin, though he didn't have many yards per carry in the preseason, he actually was solid. Uh, had two rushing touchdowns, Max Garcia. I'm happy he made the practice squad because he could be a guy they activate on game day or maybe Devery Hamilton just in case, you know, gets injured or somebody gets injured. Garcia can get called up easily. Harrison Hand. Um, actually, let me do something real quick because I actually just remember this on the spot. They got Khalil uh, Pempleton. Khalil Pempleton, if I'm not mistaken, that's his name. Uh, he has the uh, he's the guy that was the uh, the juggling guy in uh, Hard Knocks. I don't know why it was. So it's Khalil Pimpleton. Um, I'm gonna see if they made any transactions. I'm trying to see Dan Salamone's thing. Um. Because I think they cut one of the guys off the practice squad. Because I was just thinking Harrison Hand. Then I'm like, did they really cut him off the practice squad possibly? So let me see what Dan Salmon says. Not this guy. Waiting, waiting, waiting. So practice squad September 1st. Yeah, they still haven't announced it. So I will just go on and say Harrison Hand's a part of the practice squad. Um... Veteran corner from the Vikings got beat on a touchdown by Denzel Mims and, you know, still made it back. He still made it back. Um, just going to check right now. Yep, he's still on the practice squad. Khalil Pimpleton obviously just talked about him. You know, he's the juggling artist and he is electric in terms of special teams. So that's why they kept him and, you know, got him on the practice squad. Um, 
I don't think he was claimed by anybody, which is a little bit of a surprise. Zion Gilbert, uh, I don't think... Actually, yes, he was kept. He had a little bit more progression in him than Darren Evans, but he still wasn't good. Will Holden, offensive tackle. Um, you know, he wasn't good as a tackle. He wasn't good as a center. So, I mean, he's just going to be a, a practice squad body. Trenton Thompson, uh, one of my favorite guys. He's a guy who, you know, can cover special teams, block kicks, do all that stuff, box shit. So, uh, happy that he returns. Happy retur- he returns on the practice squad. Davis Webb, uh, kind of predictable. A lot of people actually went out there and were, like, raging that Davis Webb was not on the active roster. You don't carry three QBs anymore. That's just not what you do. I'm pretty sure the Dallas Cowboys actually have one QB on their roster right now. Um but you don't carry three QBs anymore. With these veteran rules, use them. You know, put your third QB on there. And then Quincy Roche, obviously we talked about. And not like you dress all three QBs on game day anyway. And then there's uh, three new faces. There's Henry Mundo. He was a draft pick for the Steelers, I want to say, or maybe an undrafted free agent out of Oregon in 2020. Played 11 games for them. Uh, one tackle for a loss and two quarterback hits. And then 2021, when he got more playing time, um, 15 games, two sacks, one fumble recovery, two tackles for a loss, and then two quarterback hits. Uh, he had four pressures last year, the year before that, too. And then in terms of snap percentages, um, 12% defense in 2020, and then 24% defense in 2021. Rotational defensive lineman slash pass rusher. A uh, good addition to the practice squad. Wyatt Davis, I liked him in 2021 to be drafted by the Giants within the first three rounds. I was very wrong about that because his technique is just very sloppy. He's got the strength. He just doesn't have the technique. And uh, the regime, the new regime in Minnesota really didn't want to deal with that. So they just cut him. Uh, he's on our practice squad now. One sack allowed this preseason. Didn't play in any games last year or in the preseason last year. So that kind of tells you something a little bit that he wasn't ready or whatever the case may be. Uh, he's on the practice squad to develop some skills. And then Chuck Wiley, who's an undrafted free agent um, out of UTSA, he actually had two sacks in the preseason for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, no surprise, the Raven connection. A little bit of a surprise, kind of, because Martindale's not there anymore, and he wasn't in the tenure of Chuck Wiley. Um, but last year for UTSA, three and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, 36 tackles in 14 games, along with a touchdown, which was a fumble recovery and also a pass deflection. Uh, the year before that at UTSA, two sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 43 tackles, 11 games, and then his prior three years are at Ole Miss. Uh, so he's a guy that has experience at the college level, played a total of, let's see, 4 plus 12, that's 16, uh, then 26, uh, 26 plus 11, which equals 37, plus 14, that's 51 games. So he is experienced in terms of the collegiate level, kind of like a Trenton Thompson, uh, just not five years, actually, no, not six years at the college level. Um, but I will give you guys my cut-keep results, basically my accuracy results in terms of the roster cutting and all that stuff uh i originally had quincy roche making the roster but they kept o'shane Zimenez. that's one 
Uh, I originally had Jalen Holmes making the roster. They decided to keep Nick Williams, so that's two. Uh, I originally had Andrew Adams making the roster. They kept him on Fox. That is three. Uh, Number four is they kept Max Garcia initially, and Jamil Douglas was cut. I thought he was going to make the roster, so that's four. And then five, I didn't think Austin Calitro would make the roster. I thought Trenton Thompson would, so that's five overall. Got five wrong, which is 48 um, out of 53, which is a 90.5% accuracy. But be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Uh, new subscribers, welcome. Do all the good stuff. Five stars on Apple Podcasts and all the platforms you listen on. Uh, in terms of content, Twin Bill is Wednesday on NYY News TV. Boys Then the Big Apple comes back um, at... 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. So be sure, for, you know, be there for that. Yankees, NFL preview, a lot of shit's going on. But appreciate you guys coming in, tuning in, and uh, I will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.